Hello and welcome to the Classical Guitar LPs podcast. I'm your host, Aaron Powell. For this episode, we'll be listening to an Andre Segovia recording entitled Three Centuries of the Guitar. This record was recorded in 1961, although this is a 1973 repressing. This is on the MCA record label 2523. It's a it's a beautiful orangish record jacket and, and three different guitars illustrated by the great Vladimir Bobry. Uh, and uh, it's just a very interesting recording, uh, Three Centuries of guitar music from the 17th, from the 19th, and the 20th centuries. It's a great one. We'll be right back. And we're back on the Classical Guitar LPs podcast. Thanks for joining us. It's really a treat to see on my monthly report that I read where where the listenership is coming from. And I again, I'm just I'm just absolutely um, inspired and flattered and 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 gratified and all sorts of those feels um, about the listenership. This is not just uh, thing that is listened to here in the United States. Uh, that's where I am broadcasting this from. I'm broadcasting it from my home in Des Moines, Iowa. And, uh, and it's just, it's just a, a lot of fun. Uh, I really enjoy sharing this music, sharing my insight, uh, sharing my, my personal stories along with these, uh, these recordings. And, uh, I'm glad, I'm glad the listenership is along for the ride on this one. I am really partial to the recordings of Andres Segovia. Uh, I'm paraphrasing a quote uh, by George Harrison made when the Beatles were at the height of their powers in the middle uh, 1960s. Some would maybe debate if they were a little bit better later on, but in any case, I believe George Harrison said this in 1965. He said, Andres Segovia is the granddaddy of us all. And I'm not sure... I'm not sure if if Segovia ever heard that that was said about him. Um, certainly, certainly, Andre Segovia would have known who the Beatles were. He may not have cared to listen to them, uh, but the fact that the fact that George Harrison plays a Ramirez uh, guitar on the track. And I Love Her, which was on the album Hard Day's Night. A really amazing thing. And uh, George was not a classical player at all. And he, he wasn't ever attempting to be a classical guitar player. However, uh, to go ahead and say that about Segovia, what, what a great thing. And I, and I feel that way, too. Uh, now, certainly, were there guitarists and were there artists that came before Segovia? Yes. Yes, there were. Uh, I'm thinking of Julian Arcas. I'm thinking of Francisco Tarrega, Miguel Hiobe. Uh, we could we could go on, uh, but in any case, Segovia cast a very long shadow indeed, and that is that is uh, part of the amazing part about uh, the art of Andres Segovia. I'm holding with me um, a record jacket. This. Like I said in the intro, this record was originally recorded in 1961, and so um, this was a repressing. That's what, you know, you, you couldn't just keep streaming those things back in those days, and so they would have to make more, and that's what's going on. Originally, this was on the DECA record label, later uh, put out by the MCA uh, record company, and that's that's the copy that I have. Um, this got some pops and clicks, but the sound is still pretty good, uh, and, and Andres is, is playing this in 1961. And so depending on the month of when this was recorded, uh, old Andres was either 67 or 68 when he made this recording, one of the two. In any case, it's remarkable. Uh, the tone, the the prowess, the, the expertise in which he delivers uh, these musical examples, even if you don't like the pieces, uh, you, can, you can still appreciate the delivery and, and the playing and the tone uh, in, in which he played. And it's, it's, just, it's just magnificent. Of course, again, I'm a, I'm a fan. I'm a super fan fan. I'm very biased towards my, my Segovia, but I, I like this record quite a bit. Uh, we start off with a 17th century piece uh, by Santiago de Murcia, and I'll just read a little bit off of the record jacket, as, as those of you who listen to this program often know uh, happens. This is a prelude in Allegro, and so our our author, who is probably Vladimir Bobry, uh, on my uh, who also did the cover art uh, on this cover on this record, it does not say who wrote this, but but usually that's who did this. When Bobry did both the art uh, and a lot of times the the liner notes as well. So I'll do a little checking on that when we get to side two and see if I can dig up who actually wrote these liner notes. 
Uh, in any case, here's what we say about the Prelude and Allegro. Santiago de Murcia, the composer of this Prelude and Allegro, was a Spanish guitarist of the end of the 17th and beginning of the 18th centuries. His treatise on the guitar, brought out in 1714, was the last in which tablature was used. And so tablature, if you're if you're a guitar player, I don't need to explain to you what tablature is. Uh, for those of you who who perhaps don't know what it is, uh, what we could what we could nutshell and say is tablature is kind of the paint by numbers approach uh, of guitar playing. Um, there's a lot of jokes made around about guitar players, uh, you know, that use tablature. Um, I think everyone aspires to read uh, music and to to read that language, but tablature certainly is a vehicle that has been around. And I always tell my students, you know, if you would compare tablature of the Renaissance, tablature of the Renaissance, and tablature of today, and then if you would take music that was written out for voice in the Renaissance and music that was written out for voice in today, the two items that would look more similar. Are you probably guessed it? The tablature, uh, the tablature is really playable <laughs> on 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 modern instruments uh, as long as you're tuned the way that they were tuned, etc. And it takes a little bit of it takes a little bit of extra expertise to to decipher what's going on in some of those Renaissance, um, uh, you know settings of vocal music with the nooms and such and so it's just really 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 interesting how all that works that that system was around uh in the day of of the early guitar players and so in any case that's what's going on with the first uh two pieces uh we then have two of the sore studies study number one in c study number nine in a minor now to the non-guitarist out there, I think it's worth my time uh, to make sure to tell you that Segovia numbered these pieces on his own. These were not Fernando Sor, the composer, the great um, guitar composer's numbers. Uh, Segovia did a thing where where he collected 20 of his favorites and Segovia put his own numbers on them. And that's where, <laughs> that, you know, that among some other things are maybe what the people who aren't in the Segovia camp say, well, my goodness, why would you... Why would you name them yourself? And so in any case, Segovia was not the only person to uh, enumerate, as it were, the sore etudes. I have a table of different guitarists who did the, sort of the same thing. So uh, some of the other names that we have in there are Re- Regino Sanz de la Maza. We also have, uh, I believe, Miguel Yobe uh, had a, young, a numbering system of, of these. And so in any case, Segovia was not the first one or the only one, I should say, to do that numbering system. But it is sort of remarkable indeed. We don't we don't see people doing that with, with Mozart piano works and things like that. Not not their own numbering system. Um, there are the librarians, of course, that that did that. But but uh, it, it it this is in addition to what the composer himself already did. That's the interesting part of that. So in any case, uh, the music they're, they're both very very great. Guitar players will know both of these pieces because uh, anyone who has studied uh, guitar has been assigned these these two pieces: the uh, the number one in C and the number nine in A minor. So enjoy those two. Uh, Segovia plays them great and then we close off the side with with a pretty modern uh uh sonata and this is a piece by mario castanuevo tedesco uh it is called homage to baccarini and so baccarini of course is the 17th century uh composer that we we a lot of us know the boccarini minuet because it's played on a whole bunch of ad campaigns anytime any type of fine automobile or fine dining situation uh that that minuet is often played in the background and so in any case this composer, the Italian composer Mario Castanuovo Tedesco, he goes ahead and does this homage to Baccarini. I've heard a lot of Baccarini. Um, I, I, I'm not sure in this aesthetic that it really just sort of jumps out at you. I think you have to maybe dig uh, for for where that part of the homage uh, is. But I will say this is one of my favorite uh, modern sonatas for the guitar. It's 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 absolutely awesome. It was written and dedicated to Andre Segovia, um, and so enjoy his his playing at that. And and again, this is the mature Segovia, and this is a four movement work. So it's just really it's really really great. Um, this this actually was written in 1933, and so then recorded, uh, getting close to th- to 30 years later. Let me just read some. Uh 
Let me just read some of these things here off the record jacket. Mario Castanuovo Tedesco was born in Italy in 1895. The eminent composer of operas, orchestral, ballet, film, choral, vocal, and chamber music now makes his home in California. So reminder, this was in 1961 originally, so he still would have been living. He wrote his sonata homage to Boccherini in 1933 at the suggestion of Andres Segovia. The composer has said of this work that would be Castanuevo Tedesco. The sonata is in four movements, but it's mainly in the first movement, Allegro con Spirito, and in the Minuetto that one can find the graciousness, which was so characteristic of Boccherini. The Andantino Quasi Canzone, on the other hand, refers to Boccherini's romantic mood, while the finale, Vivo et Energico, highlights the bravura elements always present in his music. So it's, it's a dynamite piece, and we close off the record, I should say, with a with a piece by Joaquin Rodrigo called Fandango. Uh, this is one of the few solo works of of Rodrigo that, that I care to listen to. I don't know what it is about uh, the music of Rodrigo. I love the guitar and orchestral uh, pieces. You know, you have your Fantasia para un gentil hombre. You have the the concierge at Aaron Wes. I could listen to those by who, whoever wants to play them and, and enjoy that. The solo, solo repertoire, not so much, uh, except for this piece. I like this piece quite a bit. And I don't know if it's that I that I really heard Segovia playing it a lot uh, when I was when I was becoming a guitar player and learning all about the classical guitar. But in any case, it is a great track to end up side one. So please enjoy side one. Again, this is Three Centuries of the Guitar, Andres Segovia, originally recorded in 1961. We hear a very uh, senior Segovia in either his 67th or 68th year uh, playing these recordings. So enjoy. We'll be back for side two.
back on the classical guitar lps podcast i hope you really enjoyed that first side it really are some really wonderful pieces of music written for the guitar and and of course uh, i believe interpreted uh, just absolutely gorgeously by maestro andres segovia for the second side we have three pieces by ludovico roncalli and again this is an italian guitarist of the 17th century uh, we start off with a passacaglia and then we have giga and gavata it it appears to me that these pieces are not all from the same suite and so they're sort of eclectically uh, placed together but but enjoy them anyway they are they're nice 
They're nice pieces. Again, these are from uh, the original tablature and transcribed and all that sort of thing. Uh, as it says, the Pasacalia transcribed from the tablature into modern notation is taken from this work, which dates from 1692. The Giga and Gavota are from Sweet in G for Spanish guitar. So from two different pieces, but part of the same set. Uh, they fit very nicely together and they're, they're lovely. We then have a little bit more of Fernando Sor. And so onward with this numbering system, we have study number 20 by Fernando Sor. And so I'll continue that thought here very briefly about uh, the numbering system that happens by other guitarists with regard to the Segovia editions, etc. So I will do my best to keep this very brief and as exciting as possible because I know some of you could probably care less about about this this somewhat controversy, but I feel a little bit of a responsibility to to sort of you know, back up one of the performers that, that I that I have a lot of reverence towards, and that's Segovia. There is a lot of Segovia bashing uh, that is done out there, and I suppose, um, you know, there, there, there's a lot of different reasons for that. I think that's what I'll remove from this conversation, but this is something from, um, this is something from a website known as Tecla Editions. Tecla, if you are a guitar player, uh, they are just a, a wonderful publishing house uh, and organization that, that has concentrated on these sort of facsimile and sort of early editions, authentic editions of scores, uh, because because there are people who have done editing and and over over the years that, you know, is that really what the composer intended? And Tecla, that's sort of their thing. They go right after it. And here is what they say. Andres Segovia published his selection of 20 pieces by Sor, which he called 20 studies in the 1920s. In fact, only some of the 20 pieces are what Sor called studies, while others Sor called lessons or exercises. Segovia appears to have based his edition not on the original editions of Sor's music, but rather on a later section of 24 pieces, which had been chosen by Sor's student, Napoleon Cost and he added new modern fingering. The concordance with Soar is the list above. And so that that's referencing their table that they have on there. And I, I think that's important because, you know, yes, why, why is this one numbered differently than what the composer actually wrote? That's a great question. Um, you know, I, I, I don't know. Uh, I guess I'm looking at this from, from I simply just enjoy the piece. And so uh, this is study number 20 that Andre Segovia numbered. I won't go into the deep, uh, dark chasm of all of the original opus numbers, etc. So just enjoy the piece. That's sort of where I'm at with it. <laughs> and then uh, we have two minuets by Soar. These, of course, are there's not really quite as much of uh, controversy regarding this, these two pieces, and they are they are a couple of cuts that are there at the end. We finalize this side of the record, the second side of this recording with Spanish dance number ten in G by Enrique Granados, uh, the great Spanish pianist and composer, and so. Enjoy these pieces. Three centuries of the guitar, Andre Segovia. Remember, this is a 68-year-old uh, performer uh, making just excellent, excellent music. Wonderful interpretation. A great repertoire on this side two as well as side one. Thanks for listening. If you are enjoying this program, feel free to reach out. We are located on the socials. We have a page on Instagram. It's instagram.com slash palguitar. You can find a direct link uh, to where I host this site on Anchor. That's anchor.fm slash palguitar. You can reach out on Facebook, which is facebook.com slash palguitar, as well as my dedicated website, which is powellguitar.com so in any case enjoy this episode it was a blast putting it together for you i hope you have a lot of happy listening and remember you can reference all the way back to the very very first episode which of course was you guessed it andres segovia in one of my favorite recordings that was the first episode we i ever did for this program so enjoy thanks for listening here is side two <laughs> Thank you. 